You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Tech Fan Podcast number 477. I'm Tim Robertson, joined by David Cohen. Hello, David. Hello. Boy, last week, the, all the news was basically that uh, Europe, and specifically England, was going to burst into flames. It was going to be so hot over there. It was pretty hot. Yeah. I mean, I can't, can't deny it was hotter than we used to. The problem is, in Britain, our, our homes are really designed to stay warm in the winter. <laughs> yeah, so, they're not stay. They're not designed to stay cool in the summer. No, not really. No, because historically we've not really had hot summers. Um, nobody has air conditioning fitted, um, and yeah, the airflows in our house just not really. Well, when our houses aren't really designed for airflows, they're designed to be shut up. So, um, funnily enough, that does work in one respect. I mean, during the heat wave, we actually shut everything. We kept all the windows closed because it was hotter outside than it was in the house. Yeah, um, and the insulation did help. Um, but that the problem is you, not everybody can do that. If you have to go in and out, then, um, then you've got a problem. Many years um, ago, we were doing pet, uh, tech fan at the time. We installed a metal roof, and I talked yeah, about I rem- it way I back. Remember, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it has two really good effects in both uh, extreme climates. Number one, in the wintertime, because we, we get a lot of snow here, um, yeah. the snow literally doesn't stick for very long on the roof. If it starts building up, it slides off. You, I'm sitting in the house and I hear this. Oh, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh, yeah. a bunch of snow just slid off the roof. Uh, usually right onto my cars, but that's a different story. Um, so that's nice because if you get too much snow buildup, it really could damage your roof. I'm, you're talking thousands and thousands of pounds sitting on the roof. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's nice. And obviously it's metal. So as the heat rises in the house, it hits the metal roof and it it's more insulated because it's laid right on top of the old roof, which was yeah. not in great shape, but it makes a great insulator. Number two, in the summertime, because we went with a darker color, it's kind of a dark gray, it reflects the light instead of absorbing it as much. Mm-hmm. So I know that sounds weird, but that's how roofs work. So we don't get a lot of the heat from the roof coming through like we did when it was tiles, yeah. when it was those you know crappy old... I'm going to take all the heat and just hold it for hours and yeah. hours. Yeah. The metal cools off really fast compared to those old other type of tiles. So, so because our house is very modern, we have the same effect on ours. Our, our roof is very steeply pitched and mm-hmm. it's very, we've got very, very tall eaves. They're about, the eaves are about eight, 10 foot high. Um, so when you stop so in the attic, when you stood in the, in the middle, uh, right by the hatch, I mean, the, the, the top of the roof above you is is really far away yeah um and then we've got very thick insulation between the on the on the the floor of the of the loft versus versus the rest of the house as well because insulation because as i said we're very well insulated here so it does mean that we don't get heat coming down from the roof at all even though we're in the baking sunshine and our house faces um, the way it faces means it just basically gets sunlight on it on the back all all off basically from like eleven o'clock through till till the evening. So hmm. um, and that's that's our only real problem is the fact that um, because the house is is in direct sunlight there is no shadow all day. The the back rooms can get really really hot. So what we did is we we shut all the windows up, we shut all the blinds and all the curtains to keep as much solar radiation out as possible, um, and you do, we just try to put up with it. Um, as I said, not really. Uh, I've got one portable air conditioner. But then, hey, thanks to the Russian war, 
it's really expensive to run air conditioning right now so you don't want to overdo that either so um yeah but we managed um i think uh i think most of the country managed half most of the railway shut down because um the rails aren't designed for that sort of heat and right. so they buckle so um it was but effectively what most people did is, is if if they could they worked from home and they stayed at home all day those those two days until it till it cooled off we'll get used to it well this is the i think this is the problem and maybe you know maybe now with there's this we've got floods in kentucky at the moment and hopefully people are going to start to realize that they need to take this um climate thing seriously the problem is a bit late now <laughs> we could have done with taking it seriously about 15 years ago but there you you're go. never going to change your ignorance mind uh, they, no, think they, the pro- they think it has something to do with politics and yeah, because right, politicians yeah. made it about politics, and they yeah, were no, stupid right, enough yeah. to follow along. They do derpy doop yeah. derp. Yeah, that's right. They think it's some sort of um, yeah. Well, yeah, they think it's some sort of um, left wing, fake, f- yeah, left wing fake. Yeah, left wing fake news yeah. to 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 drive their political agenda mm-hmm. through. Um, with, because let's face it, they know full well that on the other side, then that, that's the way they conduct politics. Yeah. So, anyways, let's get on to uh, tech fan here. So, yeah, David and I both got new uh, gadgets. We're going to be talking about this week. Of course, there's been a lot of going ons in the tech world. Uh, anybody subscribed to this channel last week got a bonus episode because well, a week, be- week before, a week last before week, that, we yeah. Um, we didn't record last week because of COVID. Yes, not me. I didn't <laughs> yeah. get COVID, but no. But my family had COVID. Yeah. So. Um, we did the 900th episode with uh, Guy and Gaz, and that was a lot of fun. It was an hour and a half. It was quite a long show. Uh, but it was fun to to kind of go back and, and revisit some of our history, because we've been podcasting for a very long time, and, I mean, we'd really just scratched the surface of the stuff that we did on the old MyMac show, as yep. well as when you were doing it very briefly, but for a while it was you and guy on the my mac podcast that's right yeah it was about about six months i yep. think we did it which i mean it, that's some shows don't even last six months so. yeah but obviously we've been doing it for so long that six months is kind of a blip if anything yeah um <clears throat> i did get some uh feedback from owen on linkedin of all places owen decides to message me sometimes on facebook sometimes a text and sometimes on linkedin i don't isn't that well that i think that's a general problem with all social media now is everybody's got all of them and um it's very difficult sometimes to remember what what you normally use and so it tends to be what you what you have in front of you at the time that, that people yep. people might use i agree so, and yeah. he uh didn't agree with my rant slash discussion about steve jobs right. um of course orton works for apple right now so he's going yeah. to have a different perspective and he worked for apple Back then, although I don't think he worked for Apple when Steve Jobs was there. No, I, I never got the impression he did. Yeah. But, uh, I'm sure he'll correct us if that's the case. Sure, but the from the outside is, is looking he, he in. Was, he, he wasn't Johnny Ive like working with uh, Steve Jobs every day. Mm-mm. That's to be sure. No. And my perspective Not, was yeah. on those two stories, um, they were factual. <laughs> they were an opinion. Yeah. You know, with when Apple came in and... Or well, Steve Jobs came in to the Macworld Expo and got rid of that Apple Watch booth. You were there. You saw I, it. I was there. <laughs> <laughs> I saw his reaction. <laughs> I mean, I was. I've been in Steve Jobs' presence probably a half dozen times. Um, yeah. It 
I, I stand by everything I said on that. I, I think the biggest issue, if you want to call it that, and look, we're not talking about finances here. We're talking about products and, and culture. It was a different company under Steve Jobs, and we lost something. And yeah. I don't I don't think it's coming back anytime soon, a company that is really going to innovate and change things. But if it does happen again, I don't know if it's going to be Apple. It could be Facebook, for all we know. I mean, we've got two products that we're going to talk about. Um, it could be a company we've never even heard of yet, you know. Yeah, that, that's maybe. the thing about technology and in the tech sector is that it's always reinventing itself. That's that's why we have a show called Tech Fan instead of Retro Fan. Yeah. You and know, that, it changes. Is, yeah. And this is why we like playing with different things um, and trying different things out as well. You know, is is to see what's new, see what's happening. Um, and I I think one of the things that I enjoy about doing this show with you versus uh, the old MyMac shows is that because we have that wider focus, um, you know, it's more enjoyable to play with different technologies, different companies' products, even if they suck, even if they're half-baked, even if they're really, really great, but you know for well the company's not going to make it because they're too small or their their, um, approach is wrong or um, they're probably going to get swallowed up by somebody else. All the things that go on in the tech sector... As somebody who likes playing around with technology and gadgets, it's fun to just try these different things if you can, yep. uh, and and see what they like and see what they can do and what they can't do for you. You see, Valve came out and said that their supply constraints are somewhat lifting and that they're going to fulfill all of their pre-orders um, this year for the Steam for deck, the Steam Deck, which is, which is the, good which is because the, yeah, I'm I'm scheduled too. in October. Yeah, I I had to say this. So this caused. Um, over on the Steam Deck subreddit, this caused uh, quite a lot of excitement, um, and and it's interesting. Uh, you know, that's why one of the reasons why before we started, I asked you about supply constraints on vehicles, is whether generally now these things are listing, uh, lifting, and or, or whether um, whether you know it's still prevalent across the industry, and it's just that valve supply chains. Uh, the peculiarity of their particular supply chain or, or a deal they've managed to strike or something like that have lifted, I don't know. We'll be interesting to see. And also interesting to see whether, you know, they announce now that they, they think they're going to ship their entire pre-order queue before the end of the year, whether they actually meet that or not, or whether something else comes up that, that crops things down. I know that I'm still waiting for my um, uh, play date. Yeah, me too. The little yellow handheld. I'm, I'm and, dying. And I think I'm higher on the list than you are on that one. I, I think so. Yeah. So um, still I took a long that. time to jump on uh, the Steam Deck. Yes, you did. I mean, I, I was I was there literally on, um, <laughs> within the first couple of minutes of orders because yeah. I was really really. Keen. I think I waited I, a couple of months. I have not regretted that decision. Um, I absolutely love the device. I use it all the time. My son was so impressed with it that he went and paid quite a bit more than than what the going rate was to buy one um buy an unwanted one from somebody on ebay because he wanted one um so my my only fear is i'm not going to play it as much i've got i've got my switch light sitting here and i keep it charged Uh, although i don't know maybe a month and a half two months ago i decided I, i felt like playing it and then i played it for about a half hour but it took me about an hour to get it working because it seemed to have crashed. Right. And um, I thought maybe the battery just died, so I left it plugged in for about a half hour, and that didn't help. And it took a while to get it to boot up again. I thought it was shot and dead, and I was like, yeah, yeah. I guess I have to buy a new one. But then I started thinking, but I don't play it very much as it is. Why should I spend the money to get another one? Yeah. 
my fear is the Steam Deck is going to fall into that same category well, that like yeah I just don't play it all that often. The thing is, the thing is, um, I mean, it kind of depends on on your attitude to the Steam library. One of the advantages well, of the Steam the th- Deck. That's the thing with the Nintendo, though. Yeah, that's well, why no, I'm not playing it because none yeah, of the games on there are like, oh, I got to play that. It's different though because on Steam, pretty much every game that you'll get on the Xbox and the P- and the PS5 uh, will appear on Steam because yes. they're PC games, right? So that's point one. The second thing is that for older games, if you're not buying something that's released this year, the stuff on Steam is dirt cheap. Yeah, it's. I mean, well, that's that's the, that's gonna that's. <laughs> Yeah, and I have already got you know. a Steam Deck li- or a Steam library, so exactly. Yeah, so so that's that's the real advantage. You want to go back and play games that that maybe you you you've not got around to on your consoles. You can get them for nothing, virtually nothing, on your Steam Deck. Um, and and the, I've got to be honest, since I bought my Steam Deck, I I don't think I've played my uh, my Xbox console once. I'm always playing on the Steam Deck instead, I, I found including myself- games. Including games that I have on the Xbox One, on the Xbox uh, Series S, because it's more convenient for me to be able to play them on the Steam Deck. And I'm not really, yeah, the resolution is lower, but the thing is, it's on a much smaller screen, so you just don't really notice. Well, uh, I'm, ha- I'm having a blast playing games on there at the moment. I, I think the biggest problem with me and the Nintendo handheld is the fact that it's a handheld. I keep wanting to play something on it. But I don't want to look at the small screen. I would rather it on the big screen right next to my chair here where I'm sitting. And, you know, my older one is the, you know, you can dock it and use it. Yeah. But Cole has that in his bedroom. It's basically become his switch. And I've had to replace the Joy-Cons a couple times because of drifting. But, you know, I, I, I wish I wouldn't have got this one. But I didn't pay for it. It was a reward thing from work. So, yeah. Yeah. Speaking so uh, I, I'm yeah. I mean, I, I, I still have my switch. I haven't used it. I will take it away when we go away in a couple of weeks because it's considerably more portable than the Steam Deck. Yeah. And um, and if it gets stolen or lost or broken, um, it's a much lower investment than the Steam yeah. Deck is as well. So. Well, you know. So I'm hoping that relatively soon, anyways, that the supply chain constraints start getting better. And so that to me, that's good when Valve comes out and says that, because maybe we start seeing that from my own perspective in the auto industry, because I've got 98 customers that's given me just me, not the whole dealership, just me a deposit. Yeah. 98 Uh, cars just just waiting. for. uh, They finally organized our EV car scheme at work. Um, It's taken months to sort it out. But um, next week, apparently, we're going to be able to place an order. But I'm looking at the moment and for the. I think the shortest lead time on any vehicle, any electric vehicle that on the list that they have, six which months. is the most, uh, five, six months yep. is the shortest. And, and, uh, Volkswagen, uh, currently a year and a half. If you want an Audi or a Volkswagen EV, you're looking at 18 months. Yeah. Doesn't surprise <laughs> me, but <laughs> which is, yeah, it's great. Well, the demand, everybody keeps telling me why, well, I bet no one's buying cars. How do you make any money? Um, people are still buying cars, you yeah. know? So, it's going to change. It'll get back to normal or whatever the new normal is going to be because I don't want to assume that the way, not just the auto industry, but everything was being done up until 2019 is going to stay the same. You know, we went through and are still going through a, a global pandemic that just disrupts. You know, it's the disruptions aren't going to be as bad because we do have vaccines. So when you do get COVID now, as long as you've been vaccinated, 
uh, it's it's mild. It could be a pain in the ass, but it's not life threatening. Yeah, but we had we had that long period where effectively economies were shut down, Mm -hmm. Uh, and coupled with that, now we have these other crises going around the world, which are also affecting things. I I wonder if we'll ever get back to this, you know, this kind of slick just in time um, supply chain because because we we have that for everything. We have it for energy. We have it for uh, products. We have it for services. Um, and um, so we should invest in storage, is what you're saying. Well, well, that was what I'm what I'm saying is what we've learned is that just one disruption anywhere just breaks that entire thing, and then it takes months or years to recover. Yeah. Um, and and with with then big knock on effects, I just wonder if we're if that was a golden age that we're going to have to move away from. That um, and the fact that, and this is every industry that uses technology which is let's be honest probably half the industries out there um the the constant need to evolve and change and and our obsession with the new which you and i suffer i mean we do a show called tech fan and we described at the beginning of the show exactly why we like it is that going to by necessity need to slow down a little bit maybe you know um let's talk about (laughs) We we didn't deep dive into Elon Musk buying Twitter, but I did say back in the time when he first announced he was going to do it, I don't think he actually wants to buy it. I did say yeah. that. And sure enough... Um, <laughs> Looks he, like he doesn't really want to buy it. He doesn't it. want to buy it. <laughs> and so now they're suing him. Twitter is suing Elon Musk. Um, I don't think Twitter at first wanted him to buy it either. That's why they kind no. of fought against it. So why are they, they fighting it now to force him to buy it? Well, it's because I, yeah, I think I think it's because the, there's two things. First of all, he's tanked their stock price yep. with the stuff he's been saying, um, and they're annoyed about that. Yeah, it, it effectively has had a material impact on their company, um, and um, so they're basically saying, "Well, look, you signed an agreement." The agreement says that you would buy it. The agreement is pretty watertight, uh, that you would buy it. They knew uh, he was going to do this shit, too. They knew it. Well, yeah, maybe. But the point is, he signed... This is this is the problem with Musk, is that he seems he seems to have this idea that the rules don't apply to him. So he... As his well, they really haven't, is, let's be honest. Well, they may, may well do in this case. His attitude is, well, I don't care if I sign an agreement. If I, if I decide I'm not going to do it, then I'm not going to do it. And there's not very much you can do about it. Well, that's why they're suing him. Because he has tanked their stock price. He has disrupted their company. And now they're saying, oh, hang on a minute. You don't get, a, get to walk away scot-free. And I'll pick up, the, pick up the pieces of the mess you've made. Right? The, the point, the point it, about this is that... Um, you know there is uh, there is some sort of billion dollar walkaway clause, but yep. they don't feel he can exercise that either, uh, and they're going to make it as difficult for him as possible, basically because he's messed their company up and they want payback, um, and obviously their legal team think that they've got a pretty good case. Every uh, analysis that I've seen pretty much says that they're right. You know, they, this is happens in Delaware, which is apparently where all these mergers are based. And apparently, um, is it Delaware, Delaware, is it Maryland? I forget. I don't anyway, wherever it is, apparently the, um, <laughs> there have been instances in the past where people have been forced to go ahead with these mergers. Um, and Musk's public arguments and his filings against why he thinks he can walk away from this deal just don't stack up. 
and well, everybody seems to pretty much agree that they don't stack up. The reasons <coughs> he's giving for why he doesn't want to do it aren't legally watertight with the agreement he signed. So he's in trouble here. Yeah. Um, and, and he wanted uh, to push, his lawyers wanted to push it back to February, but the judge expedited the trial yeah, at Twitter's because, request to October. Because they said, they said, look, this is this has really destroyed Twitter's stock. It's really um, created a lot of uncertainty in the investor market for Twitter. Um, this needs to be sorted out one way or the other. Yep. Um, and that's not a good sign for Musk, the fact no, that, uh, bad. That, that the judge is already basically saying, oh, you know what, when Twitter says something here, we, I, I, I seem to think that their arguments are more credible than yours. Yeah. Well, I mean, the biggest thing against him, and I'm talking about Musk here, is going to be his Twitter feed itself. Yeah. Yeah, well, well, yeah. That he's unfortunately he has a long history of making public statements that are not in his best interest, yeah. which then come back to bite him. Someone the, take his and, phone and the, away the, from him. Yeah, and the long the long term problem for Musk with this is this this is really going to take away more of his credibility. Yeah, you know he's he's transitioning now. He's doing a slow transition from somebody who's thought to be a genius but a little bit eccentric to really being somebody who's far too more eccentric than he is a genius. Yeah. Um, and and it's you know it's going to impact his other companies because now, you know when they want concessions from anybody, people are going to say, well, is this real or is this must be crazy? So, so we talked about um, we got a couple products from Meta which we're going to get into, but with Musk, of course, we're talking about lawsuits. So let's combine those two things. A company called Meta is suing Meta for naming itself Meta. This is. This Which is, is in too itself good. very meta. Yeah, that's yeah. It's kind of the <laughs> definition of meta. Um, when Facebook, this is from The Verge. When Facebook changed its name to Meta in October, there were few concerns that the company was planning to dominate. Blah 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 blah. Who cares? An art installation company called Meta, and it was Meta.is, announced Tuesday a couple weeks ago that it will be suing Meta or Facebook for trademark violations, alleging that Zuckerberg's name change violated the smaller company's established brand. And as I read through this, there's no question. I, yeah. You know, Apple did the same thing when they released the iPhone because yeah. maybe people don't remember, but there was already a company making a, pro, a product called Cisco. an iPhone. Cisco had yeah. a product called the iPhone. Yeah, yeah. so, you know... Obviously, well, look, Apple paid them off, and everybody yeah. was happy. But the reality here is that is that Meta has far more legal resources than this art installation company, right? Which is so bullshit. Because if oh, that means if they're yeah, that, richer, they're going to win, and that's horseshit. That's, that's just that's justice. That's the justice system nowadays, though. Uh, so what will likely happen is that Meta's lawyers. <laughs> and I'm talking about meta the fake um, let's, let's let's call the spades the spades here facebook's lawyers yeah will stretch this out long enough to try and exhaust meta the art installation company's uh, legal resources uh, to make the case go away and if they can't do that or it looks like it's going to go to trial then they will offer them a chunk of money to make it go away and change the name yeah because there's no way that facebook uh, as was that it's now called meta are going to change their name again uh, they say much of the case hinges on Facebook's many privacy scandals, which Meta.is argues has made it impossible to share the name. Meta can no longer provide goods and services under the Meta mark, the complaint argues, because consumers are likely, and let's be honest, they are, likely yeah. to mistakenly believe that Meta's goods and services 
emanate from Facebook and that meta is associated with a toxicity that is linked with Facebook, which is 100% correct. Oh, it is. Yeah. No, I, I quite understand why the company Meta.is, the art installation company, um, is, is upset about this because, you know, they did. Meta obviously did a, company, a corporate search. What, what Facebook should have done when they did this is they should have gone, gone to them and said, guess what? We're going to use this name. Not we want to use this name, but we are going to use this name. How much is this going to cost us to make no, it? No, that's happy? when they say, and here's $500 million to shut up and change your name. They exactly. Would have, they yeah. would have taken that's, it in a heartbeat. Yeah, exactly. That's what they should have done. That's the smart move. But, you know. I Which is probably going to be, let's say they offer them $200 million. That's probably less than. But look, they've got in house lawyers and, and they're paying these people anyways, which is probably more than yeah. that long term. So they're like, yeah, just, let's just go to court about it. We don't care. Well, yeah, you just wish they'd spend the money up front. But maybe, uh, maybe this, the corporate strategy is never spend the money up front. In, always try and front it out and see if you can get it for free. Yeah, maybe that. that maybe that's how you become a multi-billion-dollar company. Yeah, well, it hasn't worked for me so far. Everybody wants no. their money back like immediately. Yeah. Um, yeah so it's interesting. I, I think that you know, at, in the end, it's going to be a nothing burger because they're still going to be called Meta, Facebook, yes, and the other companies just going to have to change their name. Change the name. Yeah, and, because the uh, big bully is going to win. Yeah. That's, I, yeah. I hate to say that, but that that is that is the justice system at the moment. Unfortunately, <coughs> it's not it's not it's 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 weighted towards yeah. the people who have the more money to spend on legal resources. That's exactly right. <coughs> so, you link this article, yeah, and you call it you know this is such corporate bullshit. Um, yeah. Let's talk about this for a minute. What's up with this? So, so you mentioned uh, at the beginning of the show the heat wave we had here. Um, and, and there is, I've there have been heat waves here in the U.S. at the same time. Yeah, I've got, I've got to be honest. I was when you mentioned this to me, I was mildly surprised it was making the news in the states. To be honest, it was all over um, the place, dude. Wow. So, so yeah. I mean, there's been heat waves right across Europe. It wasn't just Britain. Uh, in fact, we've probably had less problems with heat than the rest of Europe has for the. For the rest of the year, but you. you but guys you guys are not used to this level yeah. of heat. And, and like here well, in Michigan, what you just experienced was Wednesday. I mean, yeah. it's not a big deal here, but we're yeah, I, a- equipped to handle it. So yeah, I was actually and, a little worried when yeah. I saw the news. I was like, "Oh shit!" So, um, as a result of that press coverage, uh, there was a spate of these stories, and it was it came out of a couple of press press releases from companies going um, warning people. Nintendo and Valve warning people that if they use their devices, um, their uh, Nintendo Switch or their Steam Deck, outside during the heat wave in ambient temperatures of 40, 50 degrees centigrade plus, yeah, then the devices would overheat and shut off. And so therefore, just be aware of that. Um, you know, if your, if your device shuts off, then you need to know about that. And I understand technically what's going on there these devices are designed to run at a certain ambient temperature they use air cooling my um i've got to be honest on the, on the i think on the second day of the heat wave uh, i've got a service surface laptop here like using my corporate device i had to turn it off and stop using it because basically it was overheating and everything slowed down to a crawl yep. you could hear the fan running uh, and basically all of a sudden all the browsing outlook and everything just started becoming incredibly unresponsive and i knew that was thermal throttling yep so uh i shut the thing down uh and i went worked the rest of the day on my ipad which was perfectly fine 
<laughs> go figure. Um, go Intel. Um, so I recognise that. But the point is, is that <laughs> I do not think that anybody needs to be told in the middle of the highest temperatures that a country has ever experienced in history they don't need a warning that um just be aware that if you go outside in the middle of that heat wave and sit outside playing your video game console it might shut down because <laughs> nobody is going to do that because it's the hottest temperatures we've ever experienced but it didn't not going to go it, it didn't say outside it did but, say outside actually. did it I didn't see uh, and that the point the, the the whole point is that the um the the point of the heat wave was that it was hotter outside than it was in was inside if you shut your house up and stayed inside it was cooler than being outside but actually it, the the head the story here says be be careful taking them outside during a heat wave mm. these were tweets part. yeah this the tweets from japan when when japan was suffering a, a heat wave this was uh this was a tweet in um this was a tweet in japan in july but you say uh, it's corporate bs and i disagree with you in that let's be honest there are a lot of dumb people out there and the only reason companies put warnings on labels and says stuff like that is because people are doing it david people are dumb you keep forgetting that people are dumb and yeah. they're going to take it outside, and they're like, oh, it doesn't work anymore. Right. They made junk. So, well, yeah, you weren't supposed to use it in 120 degrees temperature, you I'm peon. sorry. My, my suggestion is that the number of people who do that, dumb as they might be, are so tiny that you don't need to issue a general warning. I would disagree. I, I think you're oversimplifying how dumb the, the people in the, the world Well, they be. might be, but you, if, you, if you look at the percentages of people who do that and then the percentages of people who have problems and the percentages of those people who then go on to the company who makes the product and say it doesn't work properly when in fact once it cools down of course it is going to work fine again i think are absolutely tiny and i believe that you're doing your customers a disservice by issuing a warning which is going to put a worry in people's minds who probably most of which have never even thought of it most people are going to are going to look at that and go oh wow, i never i never realized that that I had the risk of overheating. Now I'm going to worry about overheating. I see, I've got to be honest. I see this all time on all the time in the Steam Deck Reddit, where people they the 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 Steam Deck has a a, a performance overlay that you can turn on, um, and it has three or four different modes. and And the the higher up the modes you go, the more information it gives you. And the the top mode gives you everything. So it gives you frames per second. It talks about the memory bandwidth, the graphics bandwidth, the CPU utilization, all of that, and also the CPU temperature. And I all the time I see tw uh, uh, posts from people going, "Oh yeah, my my uh, I'm playing this game and my uh, Steam Deck's running at 82 degrees. Is that okay or is it going to overheat?" Right, and that is exactly the fear that's put into people's minds when somebody when some says, "Oh, you know, they gave a warning, public warning about overheating," you know. Without the context, and a lot of these things appear in tweets and then get retweeted or uh, reblogged, as this this uh, Verge uh, Polygon article did. And again, it doesn't actually show the original tweets; it just it just uh, re redigests the story because hey, content. Um, so you lose the context, and th so then you put a worry in people's minds that actually these devices are prone to overheating. And I believe that's doing yourself, your product and your customers a disservice, right? Because you know what? Guess what? <laughs> if I put my switch in the middle of the road and a car runs over it, 
it might break. But <laughs> no, that it would be it would be a disservice to the customers if uh, Nintendo tweeted that to say, please be make sure that you don't put your device in the middle of the road and let a car run over it because yeah. it might break. I think that's. You know, I, I disagree with that your is, argument. It's that's, not, a hy- it's, that's a hyper hyperbolic example. Yeah, but and it, you know, doesn't I, really I think, apply because that's an I, obvious I, thing. But it's not obvious that you can't take your switch out. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I just it, it's literally the hottest temperature this country's ever ex- exhaust uh, ever ever encountered. It was bright sunshine as well. Yeah, these devices don't do well in bright sunshine because you can't see the screens properly. I really don't believe. The problem they were warning against is as prevalent as the warning suggests. And to me, it's just like, oh, well, you know, um, the, the, there's stuff in the media about it being hot. What's what's our company's response to that? I guarantee you that was what the uh, conversation was inside the social media teams of these companies is something in the news. How can we make that about us? Oh, here's an idea. Mm. And that's what it is. They can be a little cynical and, on and, that. I think that they actually did have some issues with some customers that didn't realize that hey it, this thing's going to overheat in outside because it's so freaking hot outside you gotta remember your culture is a lot different than in say japan um where oh, they well, are I, going I'm outside re- and uh, uh, yeah but i'm really really sure there are even less people complaining about it in japan than there are here yeah mm. because the japanese i think the japanese are not as stupid as the western world mm, i don't know i i talk to people from <laughs> all over the world in my job that move here and yeah. intelligence doesn't seem to follow any one culture yeah, but, more so yeah, than those, the other those are people those are people who've moved from japan to the u.s <laughs> well there's <laughs> no, something to be said for that too yeah <laughs> um let's move on um yeah we both got some cool new products so you and they're both meta products yours is called meta portal yeah. what the hell is a meta portal so uh okay so this this was interesting i did i went to a uh, earlier this week i went to a um like a study session at my local synagogue um and since we started since we started with lockdown and everything they've been very very positive about trying to make hybrid events where we have stuff in the synagogue but we bring people in who don't want to travel um uh, we started doing that during covid and obviously we're sticking with that now and i was very impressed with the device they used to actually do the zoom call because we were all sat in a room um and you know this is a synagogue we don't have a dedicated audio video uh, installation like you might you might find in a corporate office my corporate offices has you know dedicated big screens on the wall cameras with with motors and zooms and a big kind of handset to control it all and everything uh, you know obviously a synagogue doesn't have those resources but they had this facebook device um it was called the i think there's is the one they had was the portal pro which is like a 15 inch screen with a wide angle camera on it and it was running zoom and it just worked really, really well. I was really impressed with this device. It just, it worked as good as anything corporate I'd ever seen. Uh, and I, you know, it was portable. And I thought, you know, that's that's pretty cool. So while we were in the um, in the break for this, uh, for this session I was at, I started Googling for it. Turns out that Facebook, I have seen the ad for them, but I haven't really taken any notice, has a number of these products. Um... And uh, they're looking to... They've been trying to push push them to consumers. They're, they've been, they're looking to get out of consumers. They're going to focus more on corporate now. So they're having a big sale on them. And I was able to get the 10-inch Facebook portal 
for forty pounds. Yeah, it's forty nine dollars here, and it's usually <laughs> list price is one seventy nine. That's yeah. And now, longer term listeners may remember that I had a Lenovo um, Teams display that I bought at the beginning of the lockdown that I used for quite a long time, which was it was really good. But the problem was the screen was too small; it was only eight inches. And in my job on Teams. I need to have a look at a lot of content on the screen. A lot of people will present slides or uh, Excel spreadsheets in particular get presented a lot. The screen was too small for that. And it only did Teams. It wouldn't do Zoom or anything else. Sometimes people want to talk to you on other things. So what I was interested when I saw this uh, Facebook portal is the fact that it runs Teams. It runs Zoom. It runs obviously all the Facebook stuff, WhatsApp and everything as well. Spotify, and it does stuff. Pandora, yeah. Tidal, Facebook uh, Watch. It, it, it's in, it has Alexa built in, so it works as an Amazon Echo. Um, I thought for 40 quid, that is an absolute steal. So I bought one. Um, and I've got to say, I'm quite impressed with it. The screen is much, much better than it was on my smaller unit. Um, you can turn it portrait or landscape. Uh, and it then kind of auto adopts. It has that thing that Apple does on the iPads now. If you use the Facebook video apps, the things where it basically um, electronically crops the thing to keep you in frame and kind of zooms round on you, which is pretty cool. Um, I, I mean, I, I have the notes for this show up on it at the moment because it has a web browser. So I've gone to iCloud.com and brought up the notes for the show. Um, I remember it, when you would refuse to even use Facebook. Now you're buying their physical hardware so, yeah so so that's and we'll come to this with your one as well that's the elephant in the room is that obviously um you require a facebook or a whatsapp account to use this and then you have to start worrying about what information they they're taking from it all of the, it in terms of the privacy thing one thing this does has which even my other one didn't have is it has a, a two-way switch on top that if you turn it one way it mutes the microphone uh, and if you turn it all the way over, it also uh, physically covers the camera. So you can leave it in that mode all the time. So you don't have to necessarily worry about it spying on you. But obviously, it does have access to what's on the device. And funnily enough, literally within an hour and a half of me setting this up, I, I set it up on Friday, I got a um, a spam WhatsApp message on my phone <coughs> from someone going, hey there, with a you yeah. know, picture of a pretty girl in the avatar. Um and, and, you know, that was an interesting coincidence. So that's the downside of that. But I take the, the reason I'm talking about it is that, like it or not, I am now in the Facebook ecosystem. Yeah. I use my Facebook account much more than I used to because I used to never use it. Um, and so, you know, this is an opportunity to try out a device, uh, take advantage of that account and, and see what the pros and cons are. I have to say, from a functional point of view, it's kind of a shame. I wonder whether the reason it's not taken off in the consumer space is because of that Facebook toxicity that Meta.in, that art installation people were talking about. Because it's, in which case, it is a shame because it's actually a pretty nice device. Um, you know, it, it really it really is quite cool. Uh, it, I've used it now for work. Uh, it's great for Teams. The Zoom stuff works fine on it. Um, How's the screen terms, itself, is it? The, yeah, it is. It's... It's not really, really high resolution, but it's 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 for fine. what you're doing with it. It's for what, what yeah. you're doing with it. The um, again, the, you it has like a speaker and a woofer on it. It doesn't sound fantastic, but it sounds okay. It's it's certainly great for video. Uh, for video, you got Bluetooth headphones on it, though, right? Yeah, Bluetooth headphones. I've got a Bluetooth keyboard, so I can do Teams messaging and stuff like that with it as well. That's connected uh, easily enough. I've got one of those ones that with the multiple connections, so I can switch between my computer and the uh, and the tablet. Um, 
it runs the the Teams app. It runs is has exactly the same functionality as it did on the Teams display. Um, I have my um, what else does it do? It's it, it it integrates with my Outlook cam, uh, calendar, so I have a, a permanent display of my calendar, which was better than the, the Teams display one because the Teams one would only show your Teams calendar, which only showed upcoming Teams meetings. It didn't show. You know, you put something else like. You know, is it an always-on display like or? It is. Yeah, it's always on. Uh, it shuts itself off and shows pretty pictures when you're not using it. Obviously, you can put your own pictures on there, um, and then when you walk away, it it turns itself off completely, and the, the camera sees when somebody walks in front of it. Um, yeah, I have to say, I, you know, I, I really have. Um, you know, for everything it does, it does reasonably well. Um, not perfectly. I mean, obviously, all of the things it does, um, if they're not Facebook, aren't quite as good as if you've got a dedicated device. Do you use so, any of the AR effects yet? No. Come because, on. I want to talk to you with you looking like a wolf. Okay, well, maybe uh, maybe next time we record, we'll do it on uh, <laughs> Facebook Messenger, and then you can talk to me, uh, and we can record it and put it in Yeah, the, the Plus is a 14-inch adaptive screen. So yeah, like- that was the, that was the one that that we used at the synagogue. Yeah. Um, and but but the thing is, that's considerably more expensive, even with the the sales, because I think that's the one they'll probably keep and push at corporates. They also do something called the Portal Go, which is a battery powered one that's eight inches and it kind of sits on a charging puck. Yeah, but I the advantage that. of that one is you can pick it up and take it with you. So if you uh, you know, you might go around the house and have video conversations with people. Um, you know, you might be working at the kitchen table and then use it as a fixed display in your uh, living room or something. Then that one's that one can do that for you. But it has the small. I really wanted the ten-inch screen because I've done the eight-inch thing and it's not quite big enough for me. Um, yeah, it's it's. I have to say, I'm certainly for the money it's available at the moment. It's an absolute steal. And if you don't have a problem with Facebook, uh, I would actually you know, recommend it. Runs Plex, so you can watch video on it if you want. Um, you know, it doesn't have a huge amount of apps, but um, it yeah, has but it's all more of a dedicated there. device, more yeah. so than say an iPad. Yeah, and but the the nice thing about it is what it does have is um, because it has a browser on it, you can anything you can do on the web, you can normally do on this. So um, you know, you can normally if you want to do something a little bit more unusual every now and again, then you can do that as well. So recommended. Yeah, well, I, certainly for the money, I wouldn't. I think. It was overpriced. I think the, uh, the original price of one hundred eighty dollars. I think it was a lot of that's, money. That's for, a lot of money. Yeah, but but if you can buy one now for that's for fifty bucks. I mean that's a, an absolute steal because you can't you can barely buy a, an Amazon Fire tablet for that. Yeah. Well, but to be honest, if I'm going to spend fifty bucks, I'd probably get the Fire tablet because well, it, it's yeah, portable it's, I, and it's got a lot more yeah, stuff but, on it. But you know, if you want a, if you if you're in the market for some sort of dedicated video conferencing thing, you know, then this is pretty good. I mean, particularly as well, I'm thinking about, um, you know, if we want to get this for uh, a, for a family member who you just want to be able to talk to on video, and they don't have the technical chops to set something up, then you can put one of these in, and you can talk to them over Facebook, and Facebook might be something that they like. Yeah, you know, interesting. Yeah. Uh, mine is also a Meta product. I uh, something that I've been looking at for over a year, to be honest. Um, it is the MetaQuest Two, or at the time I think it was called the Oculus Quest Two, but now it's called the MetaQuest Two um, because, of course, it is. 
It is the VR headset. Uh, I got, there's two different versions. There's the 128 and the 256 gigabyte. I got the 128. Um, what kind of prompted me to pull the trigger when I did is Facebook has announced that there is a price increase coming by a hundred dollars starting in August. And you know what? I, I was looking at that. I was thinking about it for a year anyways. I knew Cole would probably like it. And I thought, you know what? I've been wanting to get one. I'm just going to go ahead and pull the trigger now before the price increase. And I'm glad I did. Um, I will be honest with you. I haven't played it very much because, well, I work, number one. And number two, when I think about playing it, Cole's already using it. So (laughs) um, if you ask Cole, and I did, he loves it. Um, He's been wanting, he's been hoping I was going to get one for a while. And I never really talked about it, but it was in my wish list on BestBuy.com. So I would look at it every time I'd go there, and I'd go, "Eh, not yet. I don't want to get it yet. So so the Quest 2, and I had an earlier version of uh, an an early... Did I have the Quest, or what was... No, they did the Oculus Go, the the lower-end one. But the advantage of the Oculus Go and the Quest versus other um vr headsets is that they're completely self-contained correct they don't need you don't need to have an, a plug to an external computer they do hand tracking themselves using cameras built into the device so you don't need to have stands around your room with cameras on them or any of that other well, stuff. well you can, set when you first set it up wherever you're going to use it you define the safe space with right. the hand because you're wearing it and, and you can actually see the room. It's a really low, grainy version, but you can see your room. Right. And you yeah. draw a square around the safe spot. And if you go out of that, whether you're in a game or not, it switches to the external view. So you can physically see, oh, I'm, I've stepped out. Yeah, which is, which is, is very a, smart. It's very smart. Um, yeah, and, and it, but it also means you don't have to put external stuff in your room. Correct. You can just set it up in any space you want. Well, this uh, technology then, is just getting better and better. And, I, and I've yeah. waited for something like this for a while. I was five years, six years ago, really tempted to get the um, PlayStation 1, PlayStation yeah. VR, which hooks up to a PS4. And I never did it simply because it, it was so cumbersome on all the stuff you had to plug into it. It just didn't look comfortable. And while they had a pretty good game library for it, there was nothing there that was so compelling that I, I took the plunge. So up to this point, the only VR stuff I've used is one that you slide your phone into. And yeah. it works, but, mm, you know, whereas yeah. this... The Oculus, the Oculus Go that I had was kind of like that, but imagine the phone built in. Yeah. Um, it was the same level of power, but effectively it was all built in. And I have to say, I mean, it was as a as an entry-level VR experience, it was excellent. It yeah. really, really was. I mean, it shows you the potential of VR and what it can do, but it also yeah. highlights some of the limitations of VR. Yes. Uh, and the fact is that, you know, I... I I find myself that I, I was interested. In, I've, I've looked at this temporarily before and then thought to myself, no, what am I going to use it for? Um, and I, when I heard the news about the price increase, I thought to myself, you know, this, this thing is a hard enough sell as it is by making it more expensive, even though it's still cheaper than everything else in the market. I don't, I don't see meta strategy there. Um, if they want to turn this into something that's a mainstream device, I don't, I don't think that's the right way of doing it. Well, having owned it now for three days, that's how long I've, I, yeah. I, 
I got it Wednesday. I didn't tell Cole about it. We broke it out on Friday, and he started playing it. Uh, I also bought a third-party charging stand, which meant uh, I had to plug these little uh, USB-C magnet things into the charge port on that, and I had to replace the uh, AA battery in the handheld, because that's how they're powered, um, with a rechargeable battery with another case that goes, or a handle that goes on it, um, and then plug the magnetized, you know, USB-C yeah. thing. But I kind of like it because now it's all together. It sits in this little cradle. It works yeah. well. Um, that being said, I got to play it. Well, I, I set it up, so I got to play it initially. Um, and I played it a little bit this morning, and that's the only time I've really had a chance to play with it. Um, I downloaded a bunch of stuff for Cole. Uh, the one that I figured he'd like the most was... Uh, Vader Immortal, and I thought yeah. you played Darth Vader, and you know you got lightsabers, and uh, he said it was a really good game, but it was super short. He can beat the whole thing in less than an hour. Right. He said it says it's it's a part of a trilogy, but he doesn't think that they've released the other ones, and he's right. It's been out over a year, so that's a little bit disappointing. He's been playing. <clears throat> he basically works at a McDonald's in this one game, and. Uh, <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. And he and he had me put the goggles on because he wanted me to see this burger he made that was like four foot tall. Um, you know. You know. He could go and do that for in real life and, and actually and get, get paid. paid for it as yeah. Well. Um. You know. I, and he's got friends on there now, and right. and one of his friends already had one. He's been dying for Cole to get one, and right. so I can hear him talking in the living room, and he's standing there and making these really strange gestures, which. I'll be honest with you, it's really hard for me not to grab my iPhone and record him a couple times. Yeah. Um, I haven't done it. I'm not going to be that guy. Um, but he loves it. I mean, he he just loves it. He thinks it's awesome. Uh, but is that a novelty thing? Do you think he'll... No, he likes it. It's, it. It does have a lot of replay value. A lot. Right. Uh, especially if you get a core group of friends that you can also play games with. That's, that's kind of the key, especially with some of the yeah. multiplayer stuff. Which I guess is is part of Meta's shtick with this is yeah. that you know they want they, I mean they talk that's, that's why they changed the name they want to build the metaverse. My problem with with this is that yeah I, I this is what I found with the Oculus Go. There are games for it and some of them are really cool. I had one that was was kind of like a spaceship battle game, um, but it was VR. You were sat in the cockpit. Yeah. Um, you know, so it was smartphone style graphics, but you were still sat in the cockpit. You could look around. It was incredibly cool. Yeah. It really, really was. But the problem was, you couldn't play it for more than about an hour, an hour and a quarter because the headset on your head was so heavy. Right? Yeah, there and, are and new got, straps that you can get, and I'm looking into those too. Yeah, but even so, I mean, you, you round, round your eyes get sweaty because you've got a big thing pressing on you. Well, this Probably, is still, I, let's be honest, this is still first gen. Yeah, but, but this, I think I think this is my this is my challenge with it is that is that um, I also found a lot of the experiences and the games you got, like Cole said, were very very short. They were almost like tech demos, and I wanted somebody to to, to really do. You something want that, Wing Commander that's going to take twelve hours to well, play? Well, no, I wanted some. No, I didn't. I want. What, I, I didn't care what I didn't care what the experience was. What I wanted was something where somebody had shown, you know, what this is something you can do that you can't do on any other platform. That's incredibly cool and makes me want to overcome those limitations of the devices. And and I didn't have that. Now yours, 
The Quest 2, I do know you can get a cable for it to connect it to another device. And I understand when your Steam Deck comes, you will be able to connect it to your Steam Deck. And an awful lot of games on Steam have a VR mode. And yep. you should be able to use that. So why haven't um, you picked one of these up yet? I would have thought with you and Alexander in that house, this would be something you both could enjoy. Well, as I said, I tried it. I tried it with the previous device, and I just really found that you know, much like you know, much like you said, you've not had much chance to use it yet. And but you were saying about the switch, I found that I had it and I didn't use it very often. I and I didn't like you. Funny enough, you mentioned it there. I didn't like the um, fact that when you put it on and you're interacting with whatever you're interacting with, you have no idea what's going on around you. Yeah, in the real world. Well, that's kind and of the you, point. Well, yeah, but the point is, is if you live on your own, that's great. But if you live with a family, yeah, I don't want to do that. Uh, for a start, I don't want the Mickey taken out of me. Um, I They're going to do want, that anyways. Well, uh, yeah, but you know, less, yeah. at least you can at least you can come back at them when you're. Uh, I will say this: and get your ass off off the chair, and you're standing there and you're moving around. Well, that yeah, alone there is that. Is but, nice. but <laughs> sometimes when you want to. <clears throat> do a long gaming session actually you want to lie down on the couch and game and you don't want to be standing around well, maybe dancing this, around a room no well i will tell you i played tetris they have tetris on there um <clears throat> i'd rather tetris on a screen in front of me with a controller don't get me wrong exactly. yeah. but it was kind of immersive it really was it's just the it tetris screen floating around and you could zoom in and out yeah, but I, I did all of that i did the <laughs> I did the movie thing where it looks like you're sat in a movie theater and you're yeah, watching the movie on a big screen. Well, you know what? It's kind of a cool way to watch a movie. But the problem is, is I wouldn't want to take that device with me everywhere I go to watch movies like that. I tell I'd you rather what, just send it on the screen. I tell you what I was impressed with initially was the sound. I was yeah. expecting crappy little sound, and it's not. It was really no, nice yeah. sound effects. I was like, wow, the speakers on this thing is fantastic. I couldn't believe the, it. Uh, I've got to be honest with you. I think the hard, I think hardware-wise, Oculus have always really nailed it. Even that cheaper one I had, the Go, the, uh, even though it was lower end, the screen quality was pretty good. Yeah, uh, There was a little bit of what they call the screen door effect, where you can see the lines between the pixels, but it really wasn't that bad. Um, and it was actually very good. It had this foveated view so it made sure that the stuff you're actually looking at through the headset in the center of your vision was really sharp and then it blurred stuff around out at the edges to uh, lower the graphic processing load and thinking about it, that's kind of how our eyes work anyway it, is. it worked really well um it was i don't get me wrong it was technically very impressive i don't have a problem with technology in this stuff at all for me i query the overall use case as anything more than a you know an occasional thing rather for than you and thing. i but for someone yeah. like cole who's you know 15 years old for 14 going to be 15 um who's a, a a pretty hardcore gamer to be honest he loves it you know we have yeah. to get out of our own meta space if you will and start thinking about it. you and me no alexander cole yes that's who this is made for and I can see where, as this technology progresses, it's going to get way, way better. I think AR is actually a, a with a, a simple way to switch from AR to VR is kind of the way to go. To me, AR augmented reality, where it's actually overlaying graphics over what you can see in the real world, is far more interesting than than. It depends on VR. this. It depends on what you're doing, and that's why yeah. I want something that does both, and that's lightweight. Yeah good sound completely immersive when i want vr it blocks everything and when i don't 
it's just an overlay yeah. comfortable on the head no eye strain eye strain is the thing that i was a little look i need reading glasses i'm old right yeah i've been reading wearing reading glasses for 12 years i'm 52 i hit 40 and all of a sudden i couldn't see my damn iphone screen it sucked um I was a little worried. Could I use this? Because the screen's right there in front of my face, and I usually, even using my Mac from, you know, a foot to a three foot away, two foot away, I need my reading glasses. I can't see shit. Well, I I didn't put them on, and I could see everything just fine. I don't know what wizardry is at work that I can see without my reading glasses on, but it, it worked fine. Or maybe I should put my reading glasses on, see if it's even better. I don't know, but I yeah. I didn't have any problem. I will say the Saber game, it's kind of a Beat Saber, I think it's called. Beat Saber, yeah. That, that was actually kind of fun. And you do, I'm sorry, you do kind of feel like a Jedi when you're swinging those things yeah. around. And it's, it's quite, I, I did the uh, YouTube VR. There's hardly any videos there, by the way. Yeah. But I did the uh, uh, the Alps. In 4K, and I don't think it's coming through in 4K on this thing. But that being said, dude, it really felt like I was floating over the Alps looking around. It was just amazing. I highly recommend the one I always used to enjoy when I had my uh, Oculus Go was they they had one where you were um, in the space shuttle Mm -hmm. and you were doing a a spacewalk. So you had the jetpack on. And you would literally come out the airlock into the space shuttle cargo bay. The doors would be open. And you're floating over the Earth, and you could kind of jess away and everything. It was incredible. Wow. I mean, it really, even on that low end system, it was incredible, and it did make you really feel like you are in space. I mean, it really the the you're absolutely right. The immersion and and making you feel like you're in that alternate reality is is incredibly effective. But the downside for me is it makes you feel like you're in an alternate reality. It completely disconnects you from the real world. To me, that's the that's the point to me. Yeah, that's the whole point. You're you're using that as a negative. I say that's a positive. I've been in the real world. It sucks. Yeah. The the problem the problem (laughs) is is that is that when I'm uh, you know gaming is is one of the main attractions to this. When I'm gaming, I don't want to be that disconnected from the real world. And I'll be you you say oh you know it's for the young kids seeing Cole and everything. Let's see. If Cole continues to use that exclusively and loses interest in his uh, PlayStation well, or Xbox or whatever, no, it, it's not either or. I mean, that's the whole point. You can do both. Well, yeah. The pro- well, the, yeah. I'll be interested to see how much he keeps up with it, or after a few weeks, if if it's. Yeah, if it's let's he revisit this in a couple months and see if this is still yeah. getting a lot of use, or is it collecting dust? That's really the key. Of course, at that point, if it's still being used all the time it's going to cost you 100 bucks more so if you're listening to this on sunday july 9th or july 31st that we're recording it and i'm going to put the show up fairly quickly um if you've been thinking about it and you're just kind of like eh, i don't know maybe i don't know now's the time today's the last day to save 100 dollars on this thing there'll be sales yep. don't get me wrong but um I would I would say I'm going to give this a solid B plus to be honest with you. Okay. I'm, I'm no, really I'm, impressed. No. Uh, uh, really impressed. It, it's one of those things that, like you said, you're either going to use it or you're not going to use it, and you're not going to know that until you get it. Um, so I, I wish it was a little sh- bit more portable and that I can sit in my chair and do stuff like with where I drew the safe line in the living room uh, yep. to play Tetris. I didn't have to stand there. And there, by the way, there's a button that you can recenter the screen. So whatever direction you're facing, you can say, no, this is, I'm facing this way. So yep. it recenters it to where you are instead of you having to go contort your body to see what you're supposed to see. Um, 
I sat on the couch and I had to lean way forward. So I really need to redraw the lines if I'm going to play that Tetris game because I don't need to stand there to play Tetris. Yeah. But I kind of wanted to play it some more. I stopped playing it about five minutes before we started recording. And I didn't really want to play it this morning because I was tired. I woke up yeah. less than an hour before we're going to sh- record the show. So that's really the wrong time for me to try to VR anything. Like there was some shooter games. So I'm like, no, I'm not doing that at, you know. 6 45 in the morning i'm not doing a shooter game in vr i'll die yeah um yeah. but i i'm really impressed with the, i'm impressed with the hardware it's extremely well built i'm i'm I, I can't say enough about that they really did nail this thing um i'm going to look at getting uh, a different strap system to go on your head because i think the one that it comes with is kind of shitty as yeah. well as maybe a better uh face mask because this little rubber thing barely fits on there and it seems to want to come off but i give it a solid b plus i think that okay for what it is and you can't use it for more than about an hour and a half because the battery dies um i think that's just and it's going to take another hour and a half two hours to charge so i like that built-in limitation because that means cole's not sitting in there in a a foreign world for four hours playing this thing because if we don't watch him he's going to do that um, he hasn't complained about headaches or eye strain. Uh, I did try again, 6:45 AM probably shouldn't have done this. I did this, um, railroad or a uh, roller coaster thing. That, that was a mistake. I, I didn't like that. I don't know if it was simply because, you know, I tried a very early VR system at CES years ago when yeah. I was at, um, Oh, um, maxsales.com. Yeah. And it was a roller coaster. And it almost made me nauseous because you're you're seeing this movement, but your body isn't feeling it. Yeah, your inner ear is not detecting the things. Right. That is that conflict between your inner ear and your, your vision. That's does, the biggest problem with VR. what causes nausea. Yeah. yeah. And I hear people say they could play it for about an hour and then the nausea kicks in. I haven't had the opportunity to play it that long to see if that happens to me, but that that roller coaster one, mm-mm. no. Mm. So maybe maybe our next show we should do on Facebook Messenger, and then I can be talking to you using my camera on my portal, and you can be see you in avatar. VR. You, well, yeah, you'd ha- you'd have to you I'd have to see you as an avatar because obviously if I use a camera on you, all I'd see is you wearing a headset. <laughs> so I'd have to see you as a some sort of electronic uh, ghost of yourself before we wrap up we do want to talk about one last thing and owen rubin who we mentioned earlier yeah uh was listening to a show i think it was the last show that we did for this one uh no i think it was a couple of, it was a couple of shows ago talking about the uh vcs atari and yeah, david was, said was, he had yeah. you know the the atari 400 800 which was basically the computer for the vcs and Owen said, I knew this sorry. at the time, but I didn't yeah. say anything. But yeah, Owen said, "Sorry, David. No, the Atari 400-800 was not an updated VCS hardware. Not even close to being an improved version of the VCS hardware. They were quite different and not programmed in the same way. You forget who might be listening. Yeah. And the reason that Owen says that is because he worked at Atari. He did. Um, I, my, yeah, I, I misspoke or I misremembered. I forget which one it was because it was actually the." Um, I think it was the 5200 and the 7800 consoles which yes. were developed out of the Atari 400 800 
Correct. Not the not not the not the other way around where the twenty six hundred was then updated into the four hundred eight hundred. So he's absolutely of course he's absolutely right. The four hundred eight hundred were independent developments, and they were then later on turned into two, frankly not very successful consoles because they, that was when the uh, the game crash happened. Uh, yeah, unfortunately. So. But yeah, I knew that it wasn't when you said it. But I chose just to move on and, and, and yeah. not dwell on it. But I forgot that, you know, Owen may be listening. <laughs> yeah. We need to get so Owen back on the show well, one of these days. Yeah, we do need to get Owen back on the show, but it's difficult because he works at Apple. Well, we that's not the difficulty. Complete, the difficulty is the time. completely non-Apple show. Well, he's on the yeah. West Coast. I, well, we record the 7.30 maybe, a.m. Eastern. Maybe in a couple of... in uh, At the end of August, because I'm actually going to be in San Francisco uh, at the end of August. So I will be in his time zone. So maybe we should do it. Well, he lives in Oakland. Show. Maybe you guys should get together and do the show uh, in person. Well, we could do that, but it would be very early in the morning if we want to do it with you. Well, I, I would reschedule later in the day at that point. Okay. All right. Just well, like I'll, we did re- with the uh, 900th episode of the yeah. MyMac podcast. I will reach out to him and see if we can make that happen. Yeah, that'd um, be cool. And uh, so I'll, I'll have a word with him this I'll week. be in VR. You'll be on your little cheap Facebook screen thing. And oh, I won't be taking that one. So. <laughs> with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of Tech Fan. We'd love to get feedback from you, just like Owen sent in. It's the show at techfanpodcast.com. Of course, you can always simply go to mymac.com or techfanpodcast.com and leave a message there. And uh, David and I will be back in two weeks with another edition of TechFan. Make sure you check out our sister show that we do in the weeks that we don't do this one. It's The Geeks Pub. David, I'll see you in a couple weeks. See you then.